This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We've uh, been talking about your, your best year yet, and uh, it, it's kind of led me into this next series calling it Overcoming Temptation. In order to have your best year yet, you're going to have to overcome temptation. How many know that temptation is out there? It's it's coming. (laughs) And we have to know how to defeat it. We have to know what the enemy's up to, what he's doing. Because for you to move forward, you're going to have to defeat temptation. You can't yield to it or it's going to keep you in a snare. It's going to stop you from making progress and moving forward with your life. And we have choices to make. You know, we... We want to write down that vision and steps and, and all this, but he's out to distract you. He's out to get you enticed down the wrong path. And we want to stay on path, on target for what God has for our lives. Let me give you the definition. Temptation is a lure to get you to do something different from your heart. Temptation is something that you... you are enticed or it goes against your beliefs or it wouldn't be a temptation. You know, if you don't know it's uh, wrong, it's not a temptation to you. Make sense? But this is a temptation is something that you struggle with. It's an inward struggle and that we deal with. And we have to know how the enemy does this and know how to defeat him. In 2 Corinthians 2.11... It says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, we're not ignorant of his devices. Devices there means deceived mind. And it carries with it the idea of mind games. How many have ever had the enemy play mind games with you? We all have. I mean, he comes with these thoughts. It's against the Word of God. It's to bring confusion. He knows if we can think about what he's given us to think about, meditate on it, we'll start behaving in line with that. And sin will get a grip on our lives. And he has an end uh, in mind. I'll, I'll get to that briefly. But we don't want to give in to these mind games that the enemy brings against us. It actually, it's saying here, it gives him an advantage. Let Satan take advantage of us. See, when we don't listen to the lie and give in to it, we give in to the truth, we have the advantage. We have the God advantage. But you lose that advantage if you're listening to lies and following the lies. So we want to be those that follow truth. Now, when we talk about having that that best year and whatever, There's character issues. That's really what temptation is about, character issues. God wants you strong in character. He wants you to be able to take the vision and to hold the vision. He doesn't want you to take the vision that he has for your life and the purpose, and then you lose it and bring shame to his name. He wants you to be able with good character to hold on to that thing. 
And that's really what it takes is good character that comes from God. Self-control. Self-control is part of the fruit of the Spirit. He wants us to develop those things. It was important for Jesus to have good character. I think it must be important for us. We saw that Jesus, he grew in character. He grew in wisdom and in favor of God, in favor of man. I mean, he developed in it. And we need to develop good character and be people who are known, uh, respected, and trusted for being people of integrity, being people who, who walk in truth. Do you know you can be respected by those who are even without, the word says, um, it says a, a leader should be respected by those who are outside the church even. They may not agree with you, I'm saying respected because of our, our character. God's interested in those areas in your life, maybe those hidden things. You need to deal with the hidden things. Those are areas of compromise, and we need to deal with those where we can move forward to what God has for our life. He tempts us to hold on to unforgiveness or selfishness or, or pride. Those temptations are there, but we, we can defeat him. But all of us will be tempted. And temptation is about your future. The enemy wants to steal your future. See, he knows he has no future, and he wants your future to be like his. So he's out to, to steal, kill, and destroy. Say, God good, God devil, bad. devil bad. You're genius. In James chapter 1, verse 12, it said, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. He said, do not say it, God is tempting me. How many times have you heard people say that? God's tempting me. Or God is a given, has given me this trial. He's, he's, he's testing me this evil to see what I will do. He just said, don't say that. Say, I'm not going to say that. It says, and remember when you're being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So, we're not to say that God is tempting us. He, he's not testing you. He's not trying you. Trials are not coming from Him. But there is one who does bring trials and brings tests. He is called the tempter, and He comes against us. He's the father of lies. He's a master manipulator. He's a, he's a master con. He's a liar. And he attacks your mind. The battlefield is the mind. He wants to bring confusion. He wants to bring doubt, unbelief. He attacks the mind. But we're to be those that know what he's up to and how he works. The problem is when we start believing what he is saying and we start acting as if it's truth, and yielding to it, and behaving on it, 
and then we're in the enemy's trap. You think about the ultimate deception that Satan is such a master manipulator and liar that he has people convinced that we came from apes. He has people convinced that a lightning bolt hit a pond where a little bit of scum was. And it exploded and electrified that scum and it became alive. And it crawled down the pond. And it started growing. And growing. It got legs and it became a monkey. And this monkey became you and I. Now, I want you to know, it takes more faith to believe that than to believe there's a God that created us. The ultimate deception, that lie, a lie becomes the truth. Or evil becomes good. Have you seen where evil is now looked upon as good? It's deception, it's a lie. He's the father of lies. The end of this game, it says that that this is our gives birth to sinful actions when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Now he makes, it's when you take those desires, they flashes before you, you make them your own. It becomes your own desires. The end is to destroy your marriage, destroy your kids, destroy your relationships, destroy your business, destroy your life. That's the end of sin. That's what he's after. He knows that you belong to, to the Lord now, but he doesn't want you influencing anyone else. He wants you to be defeated. And you can be a Christian and live a defeated life. We have to overcome the temptations and what the enemy brings our way. When sin, sin finished brings wages that kill something in your life. Sin finished brings wages that kill something in your life. He goes into your potential, into that, that future, and something will die. The enemy doesn't want you to be faithful to God, so he will tempt you to be unfaithful. The enemy doesn't want you to pray, so he'll have the phone ringing off the hook during prayer time. He doesn't want you at church, especially today, and he'll have the bed speaking to you that you really have a great reason today. You lost an hour of sleep. I was tempted, and I'm the pastor. <laughs> Ellen said, you've got to go. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it didn't get that far, but just okay. enemy. How many times have you seen someone dating the wrong person? Tempted. Tempted to do that. Everyone knows, but that temptation to date that wrong person. He's a thief. He shows no mercy. He's ruthless. He's unfair. And he's a liar. And when we yield to temptation, we lose our confidence in God. It undermines your faith. It doesn't mean that God loves you less what happens, you'll start loving him less. And I'll get to the point where people will even defend their sin. 
even blame God for it. Temptation is an assault not on your present, but on your future potential. It's in your notes. Temptation is an assault not on our present, but our future potential. He's after your future. He wants to steal. He wants to ruin your life. He's trying to stop you. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is ready for the next phase of ministry. He's gone through 30 years of character development. He is, you think, ready. He's done everything. He's ready for, for ministry. He's ready to take off of ministry. But how many know there's something else that took place first? <laughs> He's developed his character. He's done the things that God asked him to do. And see, many times people get into ministry or positions that they haven't built character yet. They can't be trusted. They're not dependable. There's lack of integrity. That's the reason we don't see celebrities like we used to. They get saved. The next day they have pulpit, teaching ministry, telling their testimony. It goes beyond that. And then they would fail. The Bible says not to put a novice up. Maybe God knows what he's talking about. We need character. That's the reason young ladies and young men, you look for a spouse, you're looking for character in them. Stop being so enthralled or enticed by the outward package. The inward package is more important. It's more important than how they look in jeans. It's more important than that sports car. Look at the character. Just look at the way they handle themselves. How do they treat their parents, their family, their friends? How are they to other people they don't know? How are they about speaking the truth? How's their character? Are they hard workers? Are they dependable? Are they responsible? Are they reliable? Good character. God is concerned about that in our lives. And that's who you need to look for is someone of good character. Not someone who just got saved after they met you. Say, I'm going forward. I like you. I think I'm going to get saved. You better let there be some proving time. I've seen many a guy get saved. When he met her. You talking about harvest. Whew. I mean, they come out. Man, I'm, I'm, Pastor, I'm ready to get saved. I mean saved. Then there's nothing after that. Oh, I couldn't come to church. You know, this came up, this came up. And she come. But pastor, he's saved. Ah. <laughs> I'm in love, pastor. I'm in love. He said he loves me. He's going to take care of me. Then you find out that mama's taking care of him. He can't take care of himself. Mama's cleaning his room, cleaning his underwear, feeding him. 
taken care of him. His vision for life is to retire. And he's never worked a day in his life. Run, girl, run. Run for the border. <laughs> he just, he's so cute. Yeah, babies are cute. You know, you got to feed them, burp them, change their diaper. But let me tell you, when they're 25 years old and you're feeding them, you're burping them, you're changing their diaper, that's not cute. Look for character. It matters to God. It's got to matter to you. And that's what God wants in our life. He's called you to be a helpmeet. <laughs> to feel God's plan together. If He's going nowhere, He doesn't need your help to get there. Luke chapter 4 verse 14. It said, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of Him went out throughout all the surrounding region. This is after he went through a season of temptation. His ministry exploded. Before he was Joseph's son, he was a, a carpenter. But now news goes out. How did he get there? What happened? What was the difference? I mean, think about it. We're talking about 40 days. I mean, he comes out in news goes everywhere. Something had, had happened. He went through a season of temptation. Before there's any new season, I must first pass the temptation test of where I am now. Before you're going to move forward, you've got to pass that temptation test of where you're at now. Many people never get to their next level Next season of their life, because they keep failing the same test over and over and over and over. And God's a good steward. He's going to pour in to those that can take the vision, embrace the vision, and bring increase, not to lose it, not to destroy it, not to bring shame and disgrace to His name. In Luke 4, verse 2, it's from the Amplified, For during 40 days in the wilderness... Desert, where he was tempted, tried, tested exceedingly by the devil. He ate nothing during the, those days, and when they were completed, he was hungry. I guess so. <laughs> I want you to see he was tempted for his 40 days. But all we hear about is the temptations after those 40 days. And I believe it's for a reason. I believe the Holy Spirit is magnifying uh, these three temptations as an example to us that we can learn, that we can learn some things from them. And starting, uh, oh, let me talk about the end of it first. Luke 4, 13, Amplified also. And when the devil had ended every, the complete cycle of temptation, he temporarily left him, that is, stood off from him until another more opportune and uh, favorable time. So you'll never stop temptations as long as you're alive, but there will be times of intense temptations and be times like it draws back. Because the enemy, it looks for the favorable times. I, I help you with this. It's usually when you're weary, stressed, worn out. 
He will attack you during those times with some temptation. Illustration I want to give you is football games. First service told me some people care less about football, so <laughs> I may love football. I may care less. I may don't know what. <laughs> well, in the game of football, you have a, a team, both teams will do this. They will look at film of the team they're about to face. And the coaches, and they will study that film, and they're looking for weaknesses. They'll look for possible times, maybe, in their scheme where they'll, there's a weakness that they can call for a certain play and exploit that weakness, score a touchdown or whatever. And that, that's that planning stage. You're... You're looking at the past experience of that team and the weakness where you can come against that weakness. And that's kind of what the enemy, it says he waited for the right time. He waits, he, he looks previously what you've come against, where you failed. That's the reason the same temptation that you thought was gone shows up. Because you read it and defeat it, he just backed off a little bit, waiting. Why? He wants to snare you to kill something. He wants to destroy something in your life. That's the reason he comes back. Most people don't miss it in 10 to 15 areas. It's usually one or two. Now, you've been an uh, alcoholic for 10 years. You've had an anger problem for 10 years. Lust, fear, whatever it is. He comes and attacks that weakness. But he comes against your mind. He plays mind games. So we have to not yield to this temptation. Jesus faced three temptations. And these three temptations are the same temptations we'll face. In Luke 4 verse 3, when the devil said to him, if you are, and I put questions what God says about you. If you, if you are who you think you are, or say you are, he always, when you have a temptation, it's an attack against your identity, who you really are. It's an attack to steal your sonship or your daughtership in the kingdom, in God's family. So he attacks it. If you if you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered, saying, It is written, Man shall not uh, live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So the greatest personal battle any of us have to fight in life is the battle for our identity. The battle for our identity. To so always know, wherever temptation comes, it's really to steal who you really are, who God says you are, because that is really the truth. So number one temptation is something common. He was tempted with food. I mean, no, we need food. We need shelter. We need provision. Tempting us with common things that we need. But in this case, the enemy is telling Jesus what to do. How many know we're not to follow the enemy's voice? We're to follow God's voice. We're to do what God says. And this, this bread is a need but we don't listen to the devil. 
he will say, fulfill this basic need of your life, but listen to me and don't listen to God. I've got a better way for you to get that. It's okay if you lie just a little bit to IRS. After all, they're cheating everyone. See? Lack of integrity. Or you need to do things my way, the world's way. Why I say the world? Because he is the little g God of this world. This world is contrary to the things of God. So he uses something common. We're tempted to follow him, his, his orders, or be conformed to this world instead of following what God says. So he tries to tempt us. But the Bible says that we'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to us. So we keep seeking him. Verse 5, then the devil taking him up on the high mountain, showing him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Number two is something subtle. Why do I say something subtle? Because this is a heart issue here. But if Satan came up to you, I believe every one of us, if he came up and said, Look, I'm going to give you all this. I'll give you your heart's desire. If you worship me, I think we all would say no. But see, he tempts us a little bit at a time. It's kind of like the, uh, the frog in the pan on the stove. You know, you can cook them to death if you just do it slowly. If you put them in hot water, they'll jump out. But if you do it slowly, they'll cook. So it's those small things and consistently breaking that small thing and the next thing you know, God is second or third. The enemy will make you famous. He will give you thanks. He will make you famous. There are singers today that have been made famous. There are business people that have made their, their fame and their, their riches but they haven't worshipped God. They're worshipping something else. Kenneth Hagin, years ago, told about a pastor's wife who had a beautiful voice. And one day the enemy whispered to her and said, you should be famous. You have such a great voice. And she rebuked it, but on the third time she entertained it, started meditating on it. Make a long story short, she left her husband went into the, the music world and renounced Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Renounced Him. And Kenneth Hagin said, if I said her name, every single person in this conference would know who she is. He never did say who it was. But it's the same thing happening today. We have a, a singer, Katy Perry, Spirit-filled believer who now has the rich and the famous. You know what she says? 
She's renounced the Lord. No longer following Christ. Renounced Him. Parents or pastors. Why? The devil will give you things. But you're going to have to bow your heart to Him. You're going to have to worship Him. That's what He's doing to Jesus here. He's saying, look, I'm going to give you a shortcut to fulfill your vision. It's a lot less demanding. And the devil did know all that that was going to entail. But I'm going to give you a shortcut. Look, if you just worship me, I'll give you all this. Say, I'm the God of this world, so I'll give you all this. Shortcut. Let me know the shortcut of this world of what the enemy says is not a shortcut, it's a death cut. <laughs> but Jesus knew who he was, and he didn't give in. He said, no, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to worship him. So it can be a subtle thing. It's a temptation in the heart. Life passes through the heart, issues of the heart. There's places in our heart that we need to deal with. Those, those deep, hidden things need to be dealt with because they're, they're actually a place that the enemy has advantage over us. And he wants to still kill and destroy. Those places of, of hurt in the heart when someone broke up with you or there was regret and disappointment, whatever, that sticks in the heart. See, it can undermine your faith, your confidence in God. And we have to deal with those things and get those things out. That unforgiveness, let it get out of our lives. Or we can find ourselves in bondage. In verse 9 it says, Then he brought him to Jerusalem, same on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Number three, something foolish. You ever been tempted to do something foolish? That's the enemy. That's the enemy speaking to do something foolish. Something foolish, you know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't be count on God to deliver you from this foolish thing. But you foolishly can yield to it and do it anyway. Foolish. I know it's not right, but I'm going to jump off this. <laughs> I'm going to expect God to, to save me. You're foolish. I shouldn't be watching this, hearing it. Foolish. I shouldn't be smoking this. I don't care if it's legal out west. <laughs> you know you shouldn't be smoking that. Foolish. Well, I, I don't know. Church, just the standards are too high. Just too high. Or you get thought, everyone's doing it, so what does it matter? Then you get thought, well, I'm better than that person at least. It's the enemy. That's his voice. That's him speaking to us. 
Well, you know, I didn't get caught before. God forgave me. I think I'll be okay again. Let me tell you what pride is. Pride is being in sin and thinking it will not finish its work. And still think I'm okay. That's pride. Pride thinking there's no consequences. Judas is a great example of this. How many know what his temptation was? The love of money. Think about this. You're part of Jesus' team and you're stealing from him. I mean, no, that's foolish. You know he knew that was foolish. That was the wrong thing to do. But he's stealing from him. And he gets this idea, oh, I know how I can make some quick cash. They're looking for Jesus. I'm, hey, if you pay me, I wouldn't work on a deal. 30 pieces of silver. That was the price of a slave. He pays the money. And he goes to the garden. And Judas kisses Jesus. And Jesus says, calls him friend. But Judas didn't know that sin had finished its work. And death had come. He thought Jesus was just going to walk through the midst of them. He had to be surprised. And shocked at, what are you doing, Jesus? And take the money back, but it was too late. Sin... The process it had given birth and death had come. Foolish. Samson. Foolish. He knew that girl was trying to kill him. He knew it. Others told him, Samson, you know she's trying to kill you, don't you? Oh yeah, I know it. I got this, no big deal. Ah. No problem. Hey, we're talking about Samson here. Right, come on. No problem. And the Bible says he didn't even know the Spirit of God left him. Didn't know. Gone. Foolish. Foolish things. See, that's the reason, parents, that you're to guard and protect your, your children because they don't discern and know the temptations. They'll say, I want to go to this party. And you say, no. Oh, come on, why? There's nothing wrong. Nothing's going to happen. They don't believe that you were ever a teenager before. Said, no, you're not going there because there's temptation. There's, there's trouble there. good friend of mine I worked with um, for years. Never forget this. His son wanted to go to spring break. And um, he really, um, my friend really wasn't in church. I was ministering, working with him. And he was actually in an apartment next to ours. And uh, he told me his son wanted to go on spring break, but he has had this bad feeling about it. He told him no. And his son kept coming back. And kept just beating him, saying, it's going to be okay. I'm going with friends, Dad. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. And uh, I told him, I wouldn't let him go. 
and he gave in. I mean, we're talking about over, it was probably three weeks. I mean, just he said, oh, I want to throw it again. I said, why are you putting yourself through this? Just tell him to go to his room. Stop, you know, duct tape his mouth. What are you doing? Why are you listening to this? Who's the parent here? But he felt sorry for him. So I'll never forget, I heard the news that his son had fallen off a balcony. Third story, had gotten drunk, fallen off on his head, was dead. Was dead. Temptation. See, death had come. Death to your vision can come. Death to your marriage can come. Death to your legacy, your destiny. We cannot yield to temptation. We've got to be wise. There's grace, there's strength for this. And what you need to say, in light of my future hope and dreams, is this the wise thing to do? Take a minute and think. Ask God. Pray. Don't wait till you're in the back seat of that car. Say, I'm going to set some boundaries. Uh, I'm going to set them in about five minutes. <laughs> no. You're not going to set any. You do it beforehand. Beforehand. And be wise. And you endure that temptation, that trial, that test, and you'll be blessed. Say blessed. That's power heads. If today you need Jesus Christ, you need to accept Him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Him. This is the greatest decision that you can make in this life. What will you do with Jesus he loves you. He died for you. He took your sin. He took your shame. He took your guilt. Took your sickness. He took it all on the cross for you. You don't have to do anything but believe it and receive Him as Lord. And follow Him. Follow life. Choose life today. That's what we're talking Maybe you have accepted Him before, but you're not connected with Him. You know you're not. You've left your first love, and you need to get back. You can get in on this prayer also. No one looking around, every head bowed. If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come down. I'm just going to pray for you. Receive. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you. I ask you to save me. I receive you as Lord and Savior. I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God a Thank you, Lord.
If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You